So hi everyone, welcome to Architecture in the Den. Um, this is your podcast with uh, Lisa Rains, um, founder of Pride Road Architects. And today I'm delighted to welcome Sana. Uh, Sana, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, hi everyone, my name is Sana Tabassum. I am a part one architectural assistant. I'm working in London. And I also run the page to scale. So it's a blog platform for architecture students to kind of learn about new things that's going to help them through university. Brilliant. So how would they find the, the website? What's the website's address? The website is twoscaleblog.co.uk or my main kind of social handle is um, on Instagram. So Instagram is at two.scale. Okay, brilliant. So I've just I've got this webcam that sat in front of my laptop, so it actually hides. Oh, I see. <laughs> so I've just been resizing the screen, just looking and diving. So I made my first error there. So, um, how do you pronounce your name? Sana. 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 Yeah. Sana. yeah. Okay. Um, Cool. So we're going to be talking about um, healthy work practices, because obviously in architecture, there's uh, architecture gets a really bad rap, mm -hmm. rap for um, for long hours culture. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we just need to. So you're a part one. Um, what's your view on the work life balance in the profession at the moment? Well, I mean, you know, we're seeing so many different like campaigns coming up. And I think, I think, you know, the whole situation with the work-life balance thing isn't even a new thing. It's pretty old because I've spoken to, you know, architects who have worked in the profession for like 20 or 30 years. And they also believe that, you know, overworking or just, you know, um, having too much on your plate at once is just a normal thing. Um, which isn't great. And I think with all these campaigns coming about, it's kind of taking a step in the right direction. Um, I've personally not had that sort of experience myself, but I do know of like friends and peers who have been in that situation. So I think, um, yeah, it's not, it's not very great at the moment, but I think there are sort of changes happening and steps being taken to in the right direction, I think, so yeah. Cool, so what campaigns are there out there at the moment? So we've got the uh, Future Architects Front campaign, which is being led by my good friend, Charlie Edmonds, um, and a, a bunch of other people are actually involved in that too. Um, and I think some of the architecture societies are also sort of banding together and helping out with that campaign itself. So I think, you know, it's about taking, taking those actions to the people who can sort of implement those changes. So the RIBA um, are also, you know, in talks with Future Architects Front. So 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 what sort of what's the sort of manifesto are they kind of putting out i think you know they touched on a lot of things their main goal is kind of to just highlight the fact that practices shouldn't really be asking for so much um experience especially for graduate roles like part ones because you know we've seen like ridiculous sort of job advertisements where they're asking for like five years worth of experience um, and then there's also another side to it, which, you know, I obviously haven't experienced is where um, part two architectural assistants are looking for jobs, but they're kind of getting, they're kind of only finding jobs that have sort of four or five years worth of experience. 
Um, and that kind of also hinders them from getting that part three qualification, which mm. isn't great because I think practices should really be, you know, helping students out in that in that regard and helping them qualify. Mm. So um, I think their campaign does touch on a lot of points and their main goal is kind of to change it at its core in the education system itself um, through the through the ROB itself. Mm. Well, thanks for sharing that. So what what's how um how has your experience of training as an architect been to date yeah it's been it's been really good i think um you know i was kind of looking for a role for like a year or so before i landed this job um and so by that point i had kind of gotten to a place where i was like anything comes my way i'm just going to do it <laughs> so, yeah. so it was it was it was tough to begin with but um and, you know, this is my first time actually having like a proper job in that sense. So uh, it was, yeah, when did it was. Start? I started in September of 2020. Yeah. Um, and initially we were actually in the office itself, but then moved over. So I actually went on furlough in November for a month and then everything was kind of working from home and it still is. Um, so it's been interesting in that in that regard. I think the fact that this practice, um, Carlos and Adams, is specialising in care, I think that's really helpful because I, I get to see a side of architecture that's very kind of niche and you kind of learn a few things as well, which I think wouldn't have been done if I was, you know, just working on general housing or residential projects and things. So it's really cool. So where, where did you study again? I studied at the University of Greenwich. Right, okay. Um, and um, where's the practice? It's uh, it's in Slough, so it's actually quite close to me. I kind of went to school in Slough and stuff, so I know the area well. And how did you get the job? Oh, interesting. Um, actually, so my kind of tactic was to call up firms, ask whether they had an opening and, and do it that way and then just kind of immediately send an email through. Um, another tactic was kind of going on Google Maps and finding practices in my area and just contacting them. Um, but this one, it was interesting because I was mainly applying to practices in central London, um, but I was on LinkedIn and I actually follow a recruiter, I can't remember his name, um, but he he kind of posted, you know, looking for part one architectural assistance in Slough. And my brain kind of went, oh, why have I not kind of applied to anywhere close to me? Yeah. So then I looked at all the um, practices in Slough and then I applied to every single one of them and they actually got back to me. So it was pretty lucky in the sense that um, they were actually about to look for someone because two of their architectural assistants were about to leave. Yeah. So it was pure luck, I think. So how, how many practices do you think you contacted in total? Oh, over the course of that whole year, I'm guessing more than about 300 probably. Mm. Um, I did end up getting about 10 interviews in total. Yeah. So it was interesting. Yeah. That's, uh, that's quite cool. So what advice would you give to yourself a year ago? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, you know, in terms of like uh, job hunting and stuff, mm. I would say just like keep going with it. Because mm. one thing I, I didn't allow myself to do is just tell myself, well, there's no point in this or I should just stop looking and blah, blah, blah. I think you just need to keep going and just keep sort of 
um, updating your portfolio or mixing it up a bit, changing your tactic. If you're sort of sending emails, 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 try calling someone, try calling, you know, the firm itself. So experiment with what you're what you're doing to apply. I think. What sort of stuff are you sending? Um, is it just a CV or a portfolio or? Yeah, initially I was sending a CV and then a sort of sample portfolio. Mm -hmm. And then if they did reply it, I sent my full portfolio through as well. Right. And how did you send the sample? Just like a PDF or something? Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, sorry, that's me thinking, looking. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, so I'm, I'm reading from my uh, questions on my list. <laughs> what expectations do you face of part one? I don't know whether that makes much sense. What expectations do you face as a part one? Maybe mm -hmm. not a question. So, yeah. Uh, from the firm itself? Hmm. I'm not really sure actually I think that they're pretty sort of keen on just um letting me kind of see the whole process as a whole because I remember when I first joined they kind of took me through um all the sort of drawings involved in one project for example and it was kind of the first time that I saw that oh you know it's not just the architect's plans drawings and sections and whatnot it's actually you have to talk to consultants and and things like that and interior designers so I think that whole process of seeing that you know it's not just the architect working on this project it's mm -hmm. it, like a lot of people are involved I think that was really interesting um but they're they're sort of very keen to you know even now they're kind of giving me a project of my own to work on under the guidance of an architect of course but I think that's something that I don't think many part ones do get to experience Mm -hmm. so it's really yeah they're very kind of open to just me learning in that sense that sounds great so what sort of hours are you working there so it's just uh nine to five thirty, and they're very sort of strict that no one's going to do kind of overtime or anything which is mm. fabulous <laughs> I, we were having a, a discussion offline um before we started about mm -hmm. uh taking holidays and yeah hard it is to take holidays at the moment do you find i know i do you get mission creep from kind of i know because you're looking after your blog mm -hmm. things like this you know do you find that eating into your um sort of work life balance type thing i think it's interesting because you know um ever since i did start the blog it did kind of initially start out as something purely for architecture and you know creating diagrams or doing tutorials about SketchUp or Rhino and whatnot and these like type of things and then eventually I kind of delved into this sort of productivity niche because I was watching a lot of um, productivity YouTubers and reading a lot of books and whatnot so um, there's this idea that you know uh, we do our work best when we actually enjoy it mm. and I think that's something I really resonated with the fact that I didn't start the blog to end up monetizing it or anything. I didn't start it to get famous or whatever. It's just to kind of help people out. And I kind of enjoy learning new skills. I think that's a big part of, you know, starting a blog anyways, you know, website development or graphic design. You kind of learn all these different things. So, um, yeah, I think a part of it is just if you do enjoy it, then you can't really stop yourself from doing these things. So, yeah. But I I say that my my work is my passion. Mm -hmm. 
And so, you know, I kind of never work, but it's really easy just to keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. Yeah, and yeah. And not to stop. Mm-hmm. but I, we do need to I think I think we do need to find mechanisms to actually yeah. you know switch certainly at the moment have you got any sort of hints and tips to share on the spot there <laughs> <laughs> um so I've actually set myself this goal this year to mm-hmm. so I after doing sort of MadCon and stuff which was like my main project for the past six months or so um I sort of told myself I need to just stop and take a step back and not do anything big for the moment um, and just, you know, let myself breathe and kind of regroup and think about what exactly I want to be spending my time on and what exactly is going to help me achieve like long term goals. Mm-hmm. So it's just that sort of introspective thought of, you know, stepping back and thinking about yourself and saying, OK, do I really need to be working on this at 3 a.m.? Can I just do it tomorrow? If yes, then do it tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, that's some good I good tips there so um we've had a question mm-hmm. so uh thanks for organizing this event Tasana. what tools do you, what tools do you use to help you stay organized and motivated while while juggling work in the blog posts um so i'm a very big fan of notion um notion is basically an online workspace tool mm-hmm. so if you think a bit about how excel sheets work it's like that it's full of databases and all kinds of crazy things, but you can kind of build your own workspace in that sense. And it's kind of like um, this concept of building your second brain, where, you know, in order to, you know, the kind of information and content that we consume, instead of just keeping that in our heads, we can offload it into the second brain and keep it all archived in one place and ready to use if you need. Um, And then that leaves your first brain in that sense kind of free to do whatever you want that that sounds amazing can I put you on the spot I don't suppose you've got anything on your screen you could share that's safe to share uh let me yeah I do actually I have it I always have notion open okay Um, you should should be able to share your screen just just you know this is going to go up live on on YouTube so so okay can you can you see that yes cool so this is kind of my home dashboard and inside this dashboard I've got a couple of different pages so for example I've got a bookshelf yeah where I've added a couple of books that I want to be reading at the moment yeah um and then I have got my social media content plan my blog posts content calendar so if we go in here you can see all the all the blog posts that are sort of coming up which ones are scheduled which ones are drafts which one needs final checks yeah um they link to live documents yes so actually if you go back in here if you open this one up you can open up each sort of page in that sense and this is my like blog template so Mm -hmm. i i just plan it out in here add the text and this is all this is the whole blog post really yeah um and that way i've also got an archive of it yeah yeah and then these are my steps for kind of going through, you know, what I need to do after I've written the blog posts. So adding images and links and so on and so forth. Mm. So this is kind of where the whole kind of two scale masterminding happens in that sense. Um, and yeah, these are kind of like the projects I'm working on. And the focus of the week is something that I'm doing um, recently on my Instagram stories, because sometimes I find that my thoughts are kind of all over the place and I actually don't end up 
saying what I want to say clearly. So I've decided to kind of have this like focus of the week um, to share my thoughts on, on whatever little topic it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, Notion is Notion is fantastic. I, I definitely recommend it to anyone. Was it free? Yes. Yeah, it's free. There's no limits or, or whatever. Um, if you do like want to share it with teams, you can do so as well. I think there's a limit of five people you can share your workspace with right. um, and they have like a team plan and so on and everything. But but this works like I mean, these are sort of only about like 10, 10 or so pages, mm. but I've got hundreds of pages like stored in each one in each section yeah. section, really. Yeah. So I suppose it's kind of like navigating through a deep website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Website. Yeah. Um, so for those who are listening to this on podcast, um, uh, you can also um, find us on YouTube. So do have a, a look back through because that, that's pretty impressive. I mean, at, at Pride Road, we've got um, a CRM system mm -hmm. to manage clients' yeah. uh, details and um it's kind of, we've built it so it's kind of as an, almost as intuitive as that yeah. uh, and it's just really about sort of filing records and um but also we can use that data to then go on and kind of create um briefing forms or fee proposals or emails yeah. you know we've got loads of standard email templates it just it's the, it's all about that systemization and organizing. Definitely, organizing it just saves so much time in the future, and you're kind of planning ahead for your future self, and that just makes a huge impact for sure. Have you always been organized? Yeah, I think I have definitely. <laughs> Even in like school, I would just be planning. Like, um, I was mentioning this the other day that. Even in school, during like um, half terms and whatnot, I was just planning what I'd be doing in that half term, yeah. even if it was just you know relaxing and, and doing something fun. Yeah. But yeah, I've always been into planning for sure. <laughs> um, so, are there any questions that you'd like to ask of me about the franchise at all? Yeah, sure. So, I I'm interested in learning about so the people that come to you to franchise. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, apart from maybe you know if they're struggling with work-life balance, what other things are, are they mostly struggling with that they want to end up franchising? Um, so I get a lot of people coming up and say they don't know how to find clients. Okay. So we can, we provide that. Um, you know, we, I get a lot of people saying they don't know where to start when it comes to doing a fee proposal, mm -hmm. how to value your time. So we've got systems for that. Right um people saying they don't they don't um know what to put on a website because often when you are working for another practice you've not created your own body of work and you can't mm -hmm. use kind of images mm -hmm. um of kind of practices work so um you know we've got a a, a kind of shared portfolio that um if you join the, fr the franchise you can share Oh, really? um, yeah, so it takes the pain away from setting up a practice. Yeah. So um, sort of franchisees um, that have joined Pride, right? So, um, so basically, if you're listening to this for the first time, they kind of 
uh, Pride Road is an architectural practice franchise. We work um, with homeowners to do kind of single story, two story extensions. And because of that, we've kind of managed to systemize it um, and kind of create those healthy kind of work life balance uh, patterns. Um, and so we don't commit ourselves to tight deadlines. We don't mm -hmm. do late nights. Good job. Sorry. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, the way that we we do um, the front end concept design by hand. Okay. So we All actually right. do our drawings in front of the clients. Yeah. Um. So kind of, you know, our time is kind of allocated. You do a concept design workshop, and it's done and uh -huh. just it's gone. Oh, I see. Okay. So we're not actually doing drawings kind yeah. of until, you know, 10 o'clock at night. I'm on podcasts instead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so we work with technicians who help us kind of deliver the, um, the planning drawings and building regs drawings. So, um, you know, it just packages everything up really nicely to mm -hmm. get out, you know, um, and it's just really, really supportive business model. Mainly, you know, kind of like we come together as a community and we can kind of collaborate. Right. You know, we meet on a regular basis, you know, virtually or in real and in real life. And so you've kind of always got that support. So even though you're kind of running your own business, mm -hmm. you've, you're in that you know kind of pride oh pride of lions oh there you go so <laughs> i'm just pointing up to my logo <laughs> in the corner just in case we're on the podcast anyway sorry i did say i'd keep it brief <laughs> and come back to you so apologies <laughs> for rambling a little bit um so sort of more questions of you um and just uh putting a call out to listeners if you um have got any questions of sana or me just pop it in your in the chat uh, we will be wrapping up at half past uh so kind of time for your last question um so sana what uh what do future architects need to know about navigating their careers in a healthy way Okay, well, I think it really honestly just starts in university because, yeah. you know, no one's really there to kind of teach us how to actually work better mm -hmm. or work in a healthy way. Um, you know, everyone's saying, oh, prepare for your next career, prepare your design portfolio, apply for jobs, and all this is kind of thrown at us. Yeah. But I think um, it's really important that we as individuals also kind of realise that we need to work smartly and just kind of prepare ahead and be a bit more organized and and you know it's the little things that kind of build up over time in order to actually give you a like a great work-life balance in that sense um so then by the time you do get into sort of professional practice you're not kind of relying on you're not kind of scared or unsure about what to do and how to go about doing things because you already have these habits and systems in place so like an example of that would be you know if i'm every day i'm kind of looking at my to-do list and planning three or four things and that's it no more than three or four so stuff like that kind of builds over time so then actually even if i'm not at work or even if i'm not kind of at home or anything i'm actually thinking about okay 
what what's on my to-do list what mm-hmm. could I be doing easily in that sense and it's kind of you know optimizing your time wherever you can in that sense not just not not to say that you have to kind of be productive all the time or anything um but it's also just about being a bit smart with things mm. yeah I so I actually have a to-do list hold on if you can see that yeah. and I split my to-do list into three columns um so my last column is kind mm-hmm. of like client stuff okay um so it's stuff that um I kind of need to do on a on a day-to-day basis yeah um just bear with me one moment someone wants to come into the room just a little bit late I'm going to let them in uh and I've not paused the recording um that's okay (laughs) so we're just talking about to-do lists Mm -hmm. uh if we're coming to the end of the um chat so if you've got any questions pop them in the chat function so yeah so this is my to-do list so in here this is a list of client projects things okay. I need to do around kind of jobs you know yeah. whether it's sending drawings or commenting on something or chasing a planning application right and um, then this one is kind of like about running the franchise mm-hmm um so you know it's things that or kind of slightly longer term stuff like getting sign boards from the riba you you need to do it yeah just need to just take a little bit of time out to do it (laughs) uh sort out podcast dates yep need to do that still and then you know sort of just a bit more organizing work yeah. And then on that the final list is the big is like big stuff. Okay. <laughs> like sorting out passports. I see. Cool. Medical stuff. Yeah. Like organize a new newsletter template. Right, right. Big right. things. But the big things mm-hmm. need to you need to kind of chip away at that little bits at a time but it's good to have that sort of in your sights anyway so that you know it's Mm -hmm. there you know you need to do it so I think that's that's good too Mm, so there's like different scales of things on your to-do list because you'll always kind of face the kind of urgent oh this needs to be done now Mm -hmm. so I kind of like think start thinking like just that little bit further ahead what needs to be done next week okay okay So if you've got something next week, but actually you need, you know, have a quick look at it. You need to organize a book Mm -hmm. for next week and then you can do that work. Yeah. So have a quick look at it, go and organize the, get the book. So you've got that book ready Mm -hmm. and then you can, you know, when the time's right, you can, you can approach it. Yeah. But if you've not actually thought, right, I'm going to need that book for next week. (laughs) then things just fall by the wayside uh so we are coming to the end uh i'm just going to throw in a a quick question where do you see yourself in five years time (laughs) (laughs) um interesting feels like we're at a job interview now (laughs) um uh, okay so like looking up and thinking very hard <laughs> um I think you know I'm not really sure but I think that's okay uh, I think you know 
I'm kind of open to, to see what happens, to be honest. Um, at the, you know, Ooh. after this year out, I'm going to, um, I'm going to uh, go back and study masters in September. So that's sort of two years of those five <laughs> gone there. Um, and nice. then after that, after that, I'm not really sure. I mean, I do want to try working and see, um, you know, try working in a different firm and see how that works out. But mm. I also want to do my own thing and kind of keep building the blog itself and, mm. and stuff like that. So I'm really not fussed about wherever life is going to take me in that sense. It's exciting stuff. Are you going to go back to Greenwich? Yes, I am. Cool. Okay, so uh, we're coming to the end. I must have said that about five times. <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I mean, I think people people can, you know, find me on Instagram at 2.scale and come have a chat. You know, I'm always open to answering a question. And if I don't know about that question, I'll, I'll direct you to someone who does. Um, I think, you know, it's really important that we content creators kind of keep that community going and, you know, keep supporting each other as well. So, yeah, that's that's sort of it, really. OK, well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Um, and um, so this bring does bring it to an end. So thanks, everyone. I've, I've actually <laughs> I've been told I need to do a little out like out end bits. Mm -hmm. I've not really done them before. I usually go back, thank you, bye. <laughs> so, so this is going to be the first time I do this. Thanks for listening to Architecture in the Den. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like it, comment and subscribe. And if you really like it, you can even share it. Uh, please do contact me if you would like to be a podcast guest. You can message me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, as my name at Lisa Rains, R-A-Y-N-E-S, or through our website, www.prideroadfranchise.co.uk. Okay, well, thanks for Fantastic. listening, everybody, everybody, and see you next time. See you. Bye.